you have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, a professional artist and master mason, 32nd degree of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite and Freemasonry. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Winding Stairs. I'm Juan Sepulveda, and thank you for taking the time to join us as we continue our journey up The Winding Stairs. Today, I have the privilege of uh, joining a brother who is a professional magician. He is a fellow podcaster with a very similar experience uh, to me, and I am very excited to bring him on the show after uh, having a conversation with him last year. His, his name is Brother Robert Bone, and he is a member of uh, Kennet Lodge number 4414 in the province of Berkshire. And Brother Bone, thank you so very much for joining me today on The Winding Stairs. How are you? I'm okay. Great to, uh, great to speak to you again. It's been a while. Yeah. Good to catch up. I'm very glad to, to take this time and, and speak with you. A lot has happened in a year. Mm. And I want us to explore it a little bit and see where your journey has taken you. So. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's been a busy year. In fact, uh, when I last spoke to you was, yeah, beginning of, beginning of 2016, last year. And that's when I was hosting my podcast, which was called In The Chair, which um, we can go into the backstory of how that came about. It's quite an interesting sort of journey. But that was whilst I was um, in the chair of my lodge, Kennet Lodge. Um, and I wanted to, you know, document it and not just talk about my journey, but other people and you come on, have various other guests on. Uh, well, actually, since then, um, I've ended up staying in the chair for a second year, done a, done a second term in the lodge, uh, which is the first time in, in almost 100 years history of Kennet Lodge that they've had someone stay in for two consecutive years. But it just lets the order sort of uh, settle down a bit. Um, yeah, so it's been quite been a very, very busy Busy two years on the Masonic front. Look at that. And, and for the brothers that haven't, uh, if, if any of you out there haven't listened to In the Chair, I recommend you do. Uh, when I found out about the program, I thought the concept was brilliant. Oh, thank you. You are speaking from the chair, basically, on, while you're in the chair. Uh, yes. In the East, you're recording, you're documenting your journey, and you're inspiring other brothers, uh, mm. their respective journey, which I thought that was, uh, that was a very cool thing to do. Yeah, well, I mean, if people want to jump straight in, um, I guess the best episode to listen to, or, or how should you say one of the best episodes, would be the one that you was on, which was uh, episode 22, where, um, just to say, people could hear that by going to masonicpodcast.com forward slash 22. And of course, um, and that way, they're at least going to be hearing a familiar voice. Uh, you know, during the time of that, um, put out just over 30 episodes during that year. And it ranged from, um, well, I actually had some people involved in organising the 300-year tercentenary celebrations of the United Grand Lodge of England, had various authors on, but right the way through from those people with great experience through to uh, one of the most popular episodes was a new initiate before he had actually joined the Lodge Brilliant. and actually had an interview with, it, uh, with him a couple of days before his initiation, just a short one to see what he was expecting. Uh, just as a regular person who had decided he wanted to join, he had been introduced to it, wasn't a member, and then caught up with him again afterwards, um, a while after, just to see what his experience was like. And loads of people said to me, that was really interesting, because, of course, I was the one initiating him into Freemasonry. Wow. Uh, so I was, the, I was the worshipful master in the chair when he was coming in, and then had a few follow-up episodes as he went through his various degree ceremonies. So literally during that year and that podcast, it covered the whole spectrum 
of uh, you know of different guests of, of all calibers looking into so many aspects um and the reason i sort of put that out is because I, although you have got a podcast there's other ones around as far as i could tell in the uk no one had touched on it at all and uh podcast is a format that i listen to and it just seemed to be getting neglected mm-hmm. so um i just got on with it myself i guess um set up a set up the account for it, started collating, um, you know, oh, what would I like if I wasn't, if I was going to work, if I was, you know, walking the dogs, listening to a podcast about Freemasonry, what would I want to listen to? And then created the podcast I would like. Um, and it's great. I mean, it was only meant to be a year project and it went down, it went down really well. It's, um, yeah, and it's, it's quite interesting documenting of one of those things, which is just that crazy idea that just snowballed. I love to see where it has gone, uh, especially I can identify with that sentiment of, okay, there's this medium that I love mm. and there seems to be an opportunity for more. Yes. What, what I like to see there. And I, I commend you for taking that, uh, that leap of faith and, and starting it because it, it shows uh, that different perspective. You have someone on the other side of the world Mm. is a mason of about our age and it's it's documenting his experience uh yes the states you know we have you know maybe seven or eight different podcasts some come and go but you see masonry from an american perspective and it's yeah. your side uh of the craft well one of the crazy things when i started it i i obviously didn't have any backing from uh my lodge or my province or United Grand Lodge of England or anything in particular. It was literally me and social media based literally in the, the back room of my house. Uh, but the crazy thing is, as I started using Twitter and social media, it really started getting traction. People were then sharing it to other people. Uh, people were finding it who, were, who aren't even members, just um, Googling to find out more about Freemasonry. Of course, it's coming up in the searches, uh, especially from the British perspective. You know, there's, there's not, that, you know, not much of that side of things going on. So when people found it, they really connected with it. But then I started looking at stats. I started getting emails coming from literally from Australia, from, from the UK. That is literally the opposite part of the world down under. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much every country, it seems, seemed to have had at least had a couple of people download it. And it was at that point when you really actually physically realise how widespread Freemasonry is. Mm-hmm. Although there's always the line that is spread university, universally across the globe. Mm-hmm. When you're actually getting emails from people in countries you, you don't even know where they are on the map that's when you start realizing that actually this little project, a little sort of thing, which started off as a little blog that no one even started to read in the first few, you know, the first couple of, you know, when it starts coming out, mm-hmm. um, how, you know, it united everyone and, you know, literally getting people from very senior positions contacting me through to someone who's considering joining, who just so happened to find it whilst doing a bit of an internet search. And, uh, you know, it really sort of really realized um, how the community ties together. And of course, during that time, um, not only was I speaking to you stateside, uh, you know, I did have at one point even had someone who was um, talking about a lodge in Turkey. How was Yeah, that was a really interesting one, actually, because in Turkey, there's so many different sort of religious aspects going on. There's There's a very Muslim culture. There's a very sort of Christian culture. Uh, plus you also get a few other aspects it's you know because it really is um you know turkey's on the on the border between sort of like the asian and european continents there's a real mix going on which actually in real life and politics there really has some tensions yeah but 
what was really enlightening is when the chap said that when they go into the lodge, all of that gets put aside because they are all they're all Freemasons, and on that side of things, you know that whatever religion they were on the outside didn't matter when they were in the lodge because that bound them together. Beautiful. And it was like some lessons there, which you think if only that could, you know, other people could take those lessons to heart. Absolutely, was, that was inspiring. I, I definitely encourage brothers to to listen to that episode because it's it really is eye-opening to see how other people are dealing with similar issues um, yeah. but from a from a completely different perspective and, and if you think about here in the united states yes there is a there is a muslim community hmm. but their representation within the lodge is very minimal yes when whenever you encounter it perhaps i'm sure that there are um, jurisdictions within the states that have never had a a muslim or, or someone from any other religion mm. in their lodge so i think it's uh it's enlightening to for them to to listen to that conversation and get to learn uh whenever it happens because it's almost inevitable that it will happen that you yes. will be in lodge with someone of a different uh religious belief how it should be handled yeah it's i mean it was it was it because we often hear about, well, we, we refer to, you know, especially in the UK lodges, it's normally, a, we refer to the, the book as the volume of the, uh, yeah, the, the volume of the sacred law, but is usually the Bible because, you know, it's effectively, you know, it's a predominantly Christian country. However, it can be replaced by other books, whoever, you know, comes in. But that is more of one of the things where that's the predominant one, but we can change it if necessary for, the, for an initiation of a candidate. Uh, might put their relevant you know, book out, but um, this chap Barris said he, it's, um, he said what happens is in those you know there's th I think three different books of th the three different major religions are permanently on the pedestal, uh -huh. so there's no one that is trying to take precedence. You know, there's little things like that, and um, but then when you're talking to a brothers around the world, you realise how some things that we take for granted that might be very very similar are completely different, and then some of the things that you'd think might be different are exactly the same mm -hmm. you know um like we had a, a lady on talking about ladies freemasonry yet they still refer to each other as brother you believe that and there'll be other crazy things that you think would remain the same but they have changed yeah yet the fundamental core running through it that's what always always surprised me whenever i was talking to freemason from around the world we would always start talking the conversation always started talking about and i remember this happening when we were chatting as well the conversation start trying to find what's different because people always want to know so what's different with Freemasonry in this country? What's different? Mm -hmm. And the conversation always ended up being about how we were surprised how much was the same. And that I it's not just a one off that happened pretty much with every conversation I was having. We always tried to work out what the differences are. We ended up just saying about how how much we are the same. Well, wow. and you know I, I can see a deeply ingrained lesson there that we mm. might see is the fact that we are part of the human family. Yes. So many times we become so, so attached to what separates us that mm. we forget to see what really unites us. Yeah. And if, if we had a little bit more contact with, the, with, with that similarity, if we could see ourselves in other people a little bit more, I think we would be, we would have less conflict. We should, you know, we would be able to, to work in that ideal harmony that that we pursue in masonry 
Yeah, I mean, it is the thing is, it is human nature to look for the differences. Because I know that when I go and visit another lodge, and I'm and I'm sure every single Freemason who has gone to got been a member of one lodge, but then goes to visit another lodge, they will always do something, even if it's slightly different. Sometimes they'll just have, for example, each lodge. You know, we in Kennet Lodge, we sometimes refer to it as Kennet workings, as in we will slightly adjust something just to tweak it because that's ours. But we will always think, well, that's the best way to do it because that's the way we do it. But every other lodge who meets in exactly the same building in exactly the same province, but maybe just on a Tuesday night, not a Thursday night, would do something slightly different. So you're always going to look at those and go, well, they do it differently. They don't do it as good as us. And that can be such fundamental, you know, such small changes. Yeah. Yet they, you know, it's human nature to sometimes focus on those little differences and completely ignore that, that 99.9% that actually unites and binds us all. Absolutely. And, and, and I hope it, it does more and more. Uh, hmm. As you know, as you know, here in the states, we recently went through a, uh, a an election, and yes. a lot of European countries are going through a similar, uh, a similar, a very similar process. Where there seems to be more division within the parties than yes. there was before, and I think it's important that we that we realize: yes, we all want the best for our country. We want the best for our family, for our friends, for our community. Mm-hmm. We are all we all have the same mission. We want to be better and we want to have society be um, a solid, you know, beacon of, of truth, cool. fairness, justice, but we're all going at it from a different point of view, from different life experiences. And it's important that we, that we try to find the commonalities we try to find those mm-hmm. things that link us together uh, instead of putting so much power or, or, giving so much power to the divisive uh nature of you know power, yeah. religion and etc that was the thing i found talking about freemason talking about freemasons uh with other freemasons is that when actually trying to find these differences we kept on coming back to what we've got in common that's so great and it ended up being that the differences which are the things that we're actually trying to find ended up ended up being the, the quirks if you will the things that are just kind of like, oh that's a little bit funny that's a bit unique that's a bit different but there was so much else going on that, that, that bound us as, as human beings, as brothers, as Freemasons, or, you know, generally as part of the human race. There was so much that actually brought us together. Uh, and that really was a common theme. Um, and as I said, it was one of these little crazy things where I started as a little project, not knowing if I'd get past four or five episodes. It might just be a couple of friends in Lodge who would listen to it. And it'd be that little thing, just more for me for prosperity to do. Um, and then when you start learning those quite serious life lessons and, and communicating that to thousands of people worldwide, That's so great. it's you know, really sort of opened it up, you know, and you actually see how that sort of brotherhood works. And actually how that brotherhood works with the younger Freemasons of today, utilizing things like social media mm-hmm. and actually not being afraid to spread that word amongst themselves and their friends and on their own social media accounts and recommending and sharing it. And it, you know, that really opened it up as well. That, that is good. And, and talking about the, the youth who is interested in Freemasonry, uh, recently in the, in, in the UK, a documentary series uh, yes. out called Inside the Freemasons. Mm. And I, I haven't had a chance to, to see it yet, but I, for what I understand, they were able to gather so much footage about Masonry and different, uh, different uh, jurisdictions. Yes. They had to cut a lot of the, of the footage. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what the uh, your yeah, well, 
what happened with that is um, I'd heard, well, actually, I went to, whilst I was master of my lodge, I went to one of the, the large quarterly meetings of the United Grand Lodge of England that meets, meets in London in the UK, well, obviously four times a year. Um, it's a very big event. Uh, it's only really open for existing masters and very you know, senior Freemasons. I went along there and during it, they said that they were going to be doing a documentary. Uh, and they were in the process of filming. It hadn't really been announced, but they were starting to film some bits and pieces. There's a camera crew there to film those things. Um, during, in the foyer afterwards, I noticed some of the people who were doing the filming and I slipped into the hand a little flyer that I'd actually had in my pocket that I'd literally just knocked up and printed out in case I was chatting to people. And go, oh, here's, here's the, the podcast. And I gave one of these little uh, slips of paper to this lady at there who was the, one of the producers and said, I'm in the chair of my lodge at the moment. Um, I, I do this little podcast. Um, just thought it might be interesting something. Didn't think anything of it. More of one of those weird opportunities. So you just sort of, you know, give them a bit of paper. A couple of days later, I got an email. And they said, oh, we'd love, you know, we looked at the website. You're the only, as far as we can tell, you're the only mason in the UK doing something like this, you know, going out. And they actually ended up filming um, uh, coming and spending a day with me filming and I actually recorded a, a podcast episode where they were filming it and had another brother involved James Birdseye and he come along and we actually filmed at my local Masonic Centre before our lodge meeting so we we done the filming and recorded this podcast podcast episode and put it out um, unfortunately it turns out they were doing so much filming that my the bits they were filming for me ended up making a made the cutting room floor i think uh, but it's what's happened is it was meant to be a four-part series coming out at the end of 2016 but they just had so much footage they turned it into a five-part series uh it's currently halfway through just the other day we had episode three come out and it appears the format seems to be um, over the five episodes the first three have been about the three degrees i'm assuming that the fourth one will be about then when once you're a master mason um and then probably going through the chair of the lodge which i believe that's the bits that they were filming me for the chances are they probably filmed a few other worshipful masters at the time and you know there's that they can only fit so much into a, a 45 minute program and then i believe the final part would then be more looking at things on the provincial scale the united grand lodge of england and of course the um the tercentenary a 300 year you know celebration that's going to be happening in 2017 as well so i think that's how they're doing the the, the five programs yeah uh, so i was of course i was i was involved in it didn't make the cutting you know didn't make the show but it's been really well received actually in the uk um there was always a bit of trepidation of what are they going to film because there was some filming going on in lodges okay um not just the openings and closings but i think that the united grand lodge of england gave permission to film small parts of ceremonies not enough to give away anything and i'd actually say one of the reasons we're not showing this isn't because there's secrets involved it's because anyone who's watching it who would like to be a freemason we don't want to ruin the secrets for them we'll just explain roughly what the ceremonies involve some of the the esoterical terms of what each ceremony is about the sort of like you know the being born into freemasonry going through life and the the third degree the similarities um between death and you know rebirth and those sort of things but it didn't actually give away much of the ceremony but from that actually can it lodge ourselves uh we've actually had a number of inquiries from people who have been watching the program um obviously out of interest they'd heard about freemasonry wondered what it was maybe done a little bit of searching on the internet 
and then seen the program and then thought, actually, this does seem, they're, they're not a complete bunch of weirdos. Let's actually make contact with the local Masonic Lodge. So we've had quite a few people sort of inquire. So hopefully we're going to actually have a few new members joining my lodge, just purely off the back of seeing on, you know, of seeing this documentary. The Winding Stairs is made possible by freemasonryart.com, the Masonic art store where I share the creations that I make. I recently created a Masonic pin display apron where you can proudly show all the pins in your collection. Every pin tells a story. It reminds you of that day where you met some brothers or that day when you had an incredible initiatic experience. If you have your pins confined to the darkness of a drawer, bring them from darkness to light by proudly displaying them in one of our Masonic pin display aprons. To see them and place an order today, go to freemasonryart.com. Every few years we see a very public uh, expose or mm. not necessarily in a negative uh, connotation, but some sort of high profile program or movie yes. to masonry and it has this effect. And that shines a light into the importance of us being prepared to welcome that new group of men and, and having, knowing what to say, knowing what to show them in order to give mm. them a chance to, to become uh, masons if, if found worthy and well qualified. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's, it's quite reassuring in a way, because all the time when I was putting out my blog, um, the, before the podcast started, I had a blog that I was doing, and then that trans, you know, then it, then it paralleled into being the, the, the podcast. But I'd be regularly getting um, inquiries from people saying, I found your podcast, I'd, I'd like to, you know, reading a blog, I'd like to find out about joining a local Masonic Lodge, and then coming back to me and then saying that they've been thinking about it, but they've then been, they've heard the podcast, it gave them the confidence to get in contact. What the annoying thing was, none of them ever seemed to live local to myself and my lodge. So um, it's one of those things where I think the podcast thing, you know, and I'm sure yours does too, it brings people into Freemasonry. It just didn't actually have a direct impact on my lodge. But now this TV show is now combining with it. And now, um, you know, fortunately, it is actually bringing some new members in. And I assume there's going to be, you know, members of other lodges, especially in the UK, who are then also seeing the benefit. And I think partly this is because it's not so much done as an expose. The, um, they've got permission. They've, the producers have worked with the United Grand Lodge of England. So they're not trying to work against them and trying to expose. I think the Grand Lodge of England said, look, we can work with you and we're happy for you to film inside as long as you let us see the final edit, maybe, and respect that there's some secrets. And we're not, it's not none of this, you know, um, that they can hiding aliens and controlling the British monarchy, none of those sort of secrets. It's, it's no, generally can. No, we, the things that if you join, you will then go, they've done a ruin, ruin it for any potential members. You know, to be honest, anyone could probably search for it on the internet. But yeah, and, and I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of that is that, just because something is out there, it doesn't mean that you just, you know, give it. Yeah. The, the way in which we deliver the lessons of, of masonry is purposeful. There is a method to uh, impressing upon a man's mind mm. these life lessons. If I just tell you, hey, you know, if you treat people nice, they'll treat you nice back. You might mm-hmm. forget I tell you that by tomorrow you won't even remember. But if I if I deliver that lesson in a, in an allegorical way that 
it is expressive and profound, then that's a lesson you carry with you for the rest of your life. So when we were watching this, the last episode, which was episode three and that, which was about the third degree. um, And it, it does actually say exactly as you were saying that the voiceover said, we do these lessons so that uh, people learn and they remember them. And my wife turned around to me and said, Oh, do you remember doing your third degree then? And I can remember it was in November back in 2009, you know, and, and although that's coming up on eight years ago, eight, nine years ago now, uh, yeah, I still remember it. And the lessons that it taught, yeah. more importantly, I still remember those lessons because they are very strong, powerful lessons. Yeah. But like you say, if someone just told you, here's a bit of advice to bear in mind, live your life like, you, you know, it's always like, I guess you could summarize it as seize the day, live the day like, you know, it could be your last. That's really what it's telling you, Absolutely. you know, because you never know when the worst could happen. And it used, you know, it uses the phrase that you want to, um, you know, you want to um, live, you know, li- live for it and but die, die regretted sort of thing. So that, you know, live respected, die regretted. And that's, those lessons still, you know, come on me in, um, all those years later. And I can remember going through that ceremony and I'm sure if someone just took me aside back in August 2008 and said, make the most of your life, I probably would have just got on with it, just would have got on with it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, there, uh, one thing that I wanted to remind the, the listeners is, is also that a lot of the things that we do, they're not, they might seem trivial at, at some times or yeah. it, they might seem dated. Uh, but they, there is a purpose behind them. And, and this is where I want to mention uh, ritual, for example. Uh, yes. When, when we talk about ritual, there is a set of steps uh, that, that go you know, in, a, in a particular order. And they are arranged in that way to help us remember these lessons. And I remember when I first joined and I was told, well, you have to eventually memorize this. Yeah, especially when I was listening to the first lecture and the the gentleman, the brother that was giving the lecture, he was going on and on, very eloquent, very, uh, very fluid, fluently. And then he read he reached a moment where he paused and he looked at a brother sitting on the, you know, one of the columns. And he said, what's my next word? Yeah. The brother told him the next word. And I was in shock. I'm like, whoa. He's learned word for word. Repeating word for word a lecture. And that to me was impressive. And then later mm. on it was daunting because I thought there is no way that I'm going to be able to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and But remembering it is not enough. It's remembering and understanding the essence of it so that oh. you can apply it to your life right definitely i'd say with i mean things like the working tools we have you know we have the working tools in the first second degree although those are explained to you when you're going through the degree to be honest you do not take any of it in notice there's someone that they're they're reciting these words at you and it kind of goes in one ear out the other because there's so much going on and to be honest yes although it's meant to in you know theoretically you wouldn't you you're not going to go through the entire ceremony especially something like a first degree or a third degree and taking everything that's being at you. You might grab little snippets, like the big major lessons, but the little things of how the working tools symbolically help you to live your life. But it's not until you go to learn them so that you're actually giving that lecture. Yeah. That you really, and then you're not just learning the words. And there's, um, I often say to people, sometimes you come across words that you need, you don't understand, you need to get a dictionary. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are the ones that really sink in because you've had to learn what that word means. And you're not then just reciting parrot fashion what the words are because then you need to know the meaning and the concept. Yeah. And as you're repeating them to yourself, as you're learning it, you're really getting that lesson in there. And I think sometimes you learn a lot from Freemasonry going, you know, in the, in the 10 years after you've actually had the, once you've joined, because that's when you actually are, are learning the, the words. But in the process, you're then really, you're sitting down, going over those lines. And by going over them, that's when you then start reading the lessons between the lines. That's, that's you know, as daunting as it may seem at one point, it is important that you recognize that it is a, it is a methodical way mm. of learning. Uh, it's not just absorption by, you know, osmosis. Like this yeah. is something that you have to be dedicated to paying attention. Like I tell my kids, uh, every morning I tell them, you have to listen, learn, and lead. Yeah. First, have to really pay attention to what it is being sent to you. Listen to it carefully. And then make an effort to learn it, to understand mm. it, to commit to the lessons of it. And then you lead. And in our case, in masonry, it would be to then help those who come, be, you know, who come after you. You have to put it into practice. Yeah. And one thing that I didn't mention uh, to the brothers, uh, Brother Robert is the author of a book that helps in this uh, particular area. Uh, it's titled 100 Days to Learn Masonic Ritual. Mm. And, uh, for those brothers who are uh, relatively new to the fraternity, I think this is a good resource for them to not be afraid of ritual. Yeah. Get more benefit from actually learning and leading through it. Well, well, thank you. I mean, well, how, how this book come about, you know, um, just to explain, as I, I mentioned earlier, that before I started doing the podcast, I was doing a blog. Um, it was cu- called In the Chair, the idea being it's before I was going in the chair. And, and on that blog, I um, started listing sort of like when I was doing various things, but, you know, ahead of going into the chair. Um, I knew I had to learn for being master of the lodge. There's a, a, a lot that I need to learn, not only for being not only for the meeting to be installed into the chair, but also then for the subsequent meetings during what I thought was just going to be a single year, you know, whilst I was in the chair, you've got them having to do the first, second, third degrees, any other meetings. There's a lot of information that needs to be absorbed and, and repeated, you know, off the, off the top of my head. Uh, I then um, I've realized that if you just start looking at different pieces, you never really focus on different parts. You're always drawn more to the longer pieces. And sometimes you miss out the smaller interim little pieces just sometimes a little bit for example you're telling the junior warden that they've got to you know move the candidate to the to the east or something but sometimes if you only learn the big obligations and the, the big parts the whole suddenly everyone's looking at you and you forget these little lines so i thought actually what i'll do is i've got my book of i'm a my lodge is uh, we we call we do what's called emulation ritual i know there's all different types of ritual types you know in the uk and around the world but emulation ritual is the burden that I do. And I've got a book which has got everything in there that I needed to learn. And I went through it methodically, trying to work out and break it into sections. I realized it was just going to be over 100 days until I was going into the chair of my lodge. So I worked out, that that's a round number, work out 100-day plan. And then not only to learn, but to revise and come back to revise and rehearse what I needed to know. And I ended up creating a little thing that every day I do a blog. Today I have learned this page and I've done that page. And my advice, I then had quite a few people email me and contact me saying, 
is there a way that we can get this in all in one sort of format? Mm-hmm. So a while back, with hindsight, because of course it's not until you've been through it yourself that you then realise, oh, I wish I'd done more of this. I wish I hadn't spent so much time on that part. I put together, basically took that 100-day blog, combined it with some lessons uh, to actually create a book. Not a book, I'd more, more say it's a workbook. Um, it's a book format, but I prefer to it as a workbook. The first section is really applicable to anyone who I'd say is already a master mason who at some point is looking to go through the, the offices, to go through no matter what sort of um, what type of ritual they perform, wherever they are, if they've got to learn ritual, it kind of covers some, there's, depth, there's books that go into more depth, but this is a very good overview, basically a good starting place. Uh, to exactly as you are when you're there going how the heck am I going to learn all this <laughs> this gives the basic lessons of how you do it That's um, like someone said to me you know if you can't get you can't get strong by paying someone to do press-ups for you you know you've still got to do the press-up yourself it's the same sort of thing but this is giving you the starting points um I've, I've taken some lessons that I've learned from other books things that I've learned myself for example um my job which might come as a surprise is a bit of a a unique one is i'm actually a professional magician i go out to weddings and parties doing card tricks and sleight of hand magic but part of it is i do a cabaret show where i do various mind feats some of that does involve uh, mind um, memory feats and i i mean i used to learn a pack of cards a shuffled pack of cards the order of a deck and know whereabouts different cards were using mnemonic systems and although that's a very advanced method, I took the basics of those techniques to myself. This is how I, you know, to how I'd learn ritual, spotting little patterns, spotting little trends. So I'm not saying this is the pattern and trend you use. It's this is how you spot them, which is something personal to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and little other tips that people have taught me over the years as well. So I've tried to put those in there in the first section. So anyone who's really looking to learn, the first section would help. The main section, though, is the second section, which is the 100 days, which is really designed for if you're going through the chair. Um, it's got a little thing, work out the date of when you go into the chair and then follow the table backwards. And then it would say, well, this is the date you start this workbook. Mm-hmm. And then starting on day one, you just do a little bit each day. But it's shocking how a little bit each day, but for 100 days, really adds up. And during the course of that 100 days, you go through everything you need to learn for your installation ceremony. And so you're an absolutely rehearsed and word perfect. But not only that, you won't be word perfect, but you'll have a very good grounding in the first, second and third degrees. And the reason is it gives you the good grounding so that then when the secretary of your lodge says, right, next month we're going to be doing an initiation ceremony, instead of then having to learn from scratch and panicking, you can think, yeah, I, I learned that about maybe you know five, six months ago. I now just need to spend the next couple of weeks revising and rehearsing and polishing, not panic reading, which, which seems to happen. Yeah. So often, um, you know, p- members seem to just learn what needs to come up ahead. What I found in hindsight, though, now, I've been, now it's been a year since I first went through the chair, um, when I maybe go to another meeting or I need to step in for something, which happened a while back, I... Um, I suddenly had to step in as a senior warden for a second degree um, at complete last minute. I borrowed a few little, oh, hang on, what was that moment? Mm-hmm. Because I put so much work into 18 months before learning it, 
it actually was it, it's not like i needed to quickly revise and have revision yeah. it was more just a case of i was just slightly rusty but for five minutes notice um and so, so that's really what what the book is you know that's that's why i call it a workbook so i've, I've probably given it's it's two books in one i would recommend anyone who thinks that they're going to be going through the chair at some point pick it up because then when you know you are you've then got that structure to it and that's really what it's for that's good. And, and I thank you for putting that together uh, because not everybody is good about planning ahead and having that exactly. foresight. And, and it is good to have a tool. It might not have all the answers, but it has the framework that can help mm. you find the answer that applies uh, just to you. Yeah. Uh, I thank you for putting the work together. And brother, do you have a copy there uh, for the brothers that are watching? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I've got a, I've got a copy of it. I was going to point out this, um, this is based on my own, obviously my own personal thing. It's not just someone who's, you know, I've come up with it and thought, come up with a spreadsheet and turn it into a book. Uh, that I've t- taken it and I've gone back on it. Of course, that means it's based on what I do in my lodge, which is, um, as I've said before, it's an emulation ritual lodge in the UK. And since going to other lodges, even emulation ritual lodges in the UK still do things a bit differently. But I've tried to do it in a way that, although it will reference if you are doing this as I am, this is the page in your ritual book you'd look at. I've tried to structure it in a way that even if you don't do emulation ritual, you would still be able to follow it along in your sort of way. And I, yeah, there's different, I know you've got Scottish right, that can be completely different. But even then, the first section would still be applicable. But then you could look at the second section and go, well, we don't do that, we don't do that, but we do that, we do that. So you'd be able to see where you can basically get a marker pen out and everywhere it says one thing cross it out and you know you can still see the principles in place yeah just like we said earlier uh brothers will find a way to find the things that are similar instead of the things oh, that are different yeah completely, yeah i actually never even thought of that yeah there's there's probably so much what i'm thinking oh what if someone were to who does a various sort of thing you know maybe in, yeah in the states or something gets this book they're going to look at it they're going to go okay the first section was great but the second you know section that those hundred pages were a complete waste of time but actually as you say no there's probably so much similar that actually people will probably read it and go every now and again they get to a page and go isn't that quaint they do it like that in the uk yeah well right now i'm i'm reading some uh ritual from cuba right uh i'm loving every minute of it like i'm reading through it and i'm finding even the little there's some little variations of mm. and things that are done very differently, but I find them so beautiful. And the language sometimes it's so inspiring to me right. uh, that I'm really enjoying it. And thank, uh, I have to say uh, publicly, thank you to uh, brother Dagoretto for helping me out getting, uh, getting those. But, but brother, I want to be respectful of your time. And I really yeah. thank you for, for sharing uh, this journey with us. It's been it's been great uh, meeting you and seeing the progress in in your uh, in in the. Thank year. you. No, it's great. It's great to catch up again because when we spoke, sort of, you know, coming just over a year ago, I was still in the chair. I was still with more ceremonies to go. I didn't even know that by that point I was going to be staying in for a second year, mm-hmm. and I was still frantically sort of, you know, trying to. I wouldn't say learn, revise all the things. So it's good to sort of, you know, catch up and, uh, you know, still going strong, so to speak. Excellent. And it's good to see, you know, it's good to see see that you're doing well as well. Thank you, brother. And for the brothers that want to learn a little bit more about your podcast and, and your original blog, where can they go find more information? Well, the, the podcast um, is, uh, I luckily managed to pick up the, the domain name, masonicpodcast.com. 
You devil. I got that one, masonicpodcast.com. Oh, and actually, if you got that, if you're in the UK, the, just to say, the book's on Amazon, um, but that's at Amazon around the world. But if you go to masonicpodcast.com forward slash book, that really diverts you to where you can get the book, but only for the, the UK ones, but you can search for it. So I just thought I'd mention on that one, the blog itself was um, in hyphen the hyphen chair.co.uk. So in the chair.co, or that's co.uk with hyphens in between. So that's where people can find out. And there's obviously all the different links or just search for in the chair on on iTunes. That was a, you know, a good place to find out about the podcast. That comes up, what I'd say, is the one with the yellow logo. Yes, yeah, you can't you can't miss it. If you search for Masonic Podcast, they'll, they'll, ser- they'll certainly uh, come across it. And I'm gonna add links to, to the comment, uh, to the description on the podcast and on the video. Oh, brilliant. Uh, if if the brothers are listening, they want to to see the video. I encourage you to go to YouTube and go to the Winding Stairs. You'll find links there. And I've put together a, a easy to remember link for this episode. It is thewindingstairs.com forward slash one hundred days, and that way brothers can uh, easily access it. Uh, and we'll have links to your book there, to your blog. Oh, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, again, thank you, brother, so much for your time. It's been a pleasure catching up with you. No, yeah, it's been great to catch up with you. And I say, if, if someone listens to this, if someone's, if someone's panicking about thinking, well, I'm going through the things, and exactly as you were, as you said, when you're there, you're looking at people going, how did they memorize that? If someone gets, if someone gets the book or just listens to this and or maybe goes back to some of the other episodes and listens to something, and it takes that pressure off, they realize they can do it in those manageable bite-sized chunks, it means that then you can relax, put the groundwork in, and then enjoy the Freemasonry. Um, and that's the main thing, I think. If you're worried about your year ahead and all the ritual you've got to be learning, it's not enjoyable. Um, so I see that so much of people who spend five, six, seven years building up to something that they don't end up enjoying. So, you know, if it can, if it can help a couple of people actually have a year where they look back on it and go, I enjoyed that, that was fun, then that's the purpose of it. That's excellent. And we thank you for doing that. And for the brothers watching and listening, uh, I hope that you found this this episode edifying. Uh, share it with a brother if uh, if you can. And like I said, you can find all the links and all the the descriptions on thewindingstairs.com forward slash 100. And as always, thank you for listening. And may your steps be firm and your path illuminated as we continue our journey up the winding stairs.